Greetings fellow wanderers in the fourth dimension. I'm the Lupine Wavelength Hemiveri form known as Mike. She is Emma. She's the uh, head of the Essex branch of the London Investigation and Detective Agency. And you're listening to The Greatest Show in the Galaxy, where tonight we're talking about Series 2. Now, just to qualify this, we're not actually going to be starting off with The Christmas Invasion. We're going to be saving more or less all of the Christmas specials for their own show. So we're going to jump straight in to New Earth. And new, 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 new York. Yeah. So this this went out, I think it was Easter Saturday, wasn't it? It was. It was one of the many oddly hot Easters that we've had in the last sort of 10 years or so. I mean, I think that this and like a couple of other ones that I've been sitting in my living room in shorts. Mm-hmm watching uh, Doctor Who going out of April on a blisteringly hot um, Easter for some reason. Yeah, yeah, so New Earth. Um, I've actually got quite, just on a personal thing, that um, (laughs) actually I wasn't in the living room watching this one, but it was hot because this is, I just started dating my husband. All right, let me guess. Let me guess, you're in a pub. Yes. Yes. Shut up. <laughs> I was. It was a launch uh, do. We'd been dating right. for like three weeks, and um, yeah, we sat and watched this together um, mm. at the pub with other, some other of our friends. So I've got quite good memories of New Earth. I've got a bit of rose-tinted specs about it, but um, it all kind of goes in hand with that. So I'm trying to be objective about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of. It's the start of kind of the new traditions that we get uh, now that we David Tennant has been cast. Mm. Um, we should talk a little bit like that, but actually, yeah. uh, with David Tennant being cast in the role as the Doctor, he was sort of received quite rapturously, actually. Um, I think quite a lot of that because he's quite handsome. Mm. Um, he's a pretty, pretty man. My nan loved him. <laughs> she was so disappointed when he was going because she didn't think Matt Smith was anywhere near as handsome as him. Um <laughs> Yeah, it was. Uh, he was on. It was kind of that whole Doctor Who thing of like casting someone who was like, on the verge of becoming famous, mm-hmm. like on the verge of household namedom, because he'd just done Casanova. Yeah, which was Russell T Davis again. Again, yep. And um, what's his chops? He'll come up later from the Impossible Planet. He's in the Impossible Planet. His name is I can't remember. But he was also in Casanova, uh, sort of the Russell T Davis stable of actors. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I mean, he was it sort of quite a lot of people knew him, and people were excited about him because you know he, you know he can act, mm-hmm. you know he's got the comedy, he's got the serious, you know he's good looking, um, he's got great chemistry with Billy Piper. Um, mm-hmm. it, yeah, I mean everyone was sort of quite happy about it. Yeah. Um, on the whole, um, you know, we just sort of got through the trauma of our first regeneration, you know, and the the audiences have stuck around. I think because there was a fair amount of worry that. Uh, with a regeneration so quickly into the new sort of order of Doctor Who, if you like, that mm. the audiences wouldn't stick around. But no, they start. I mean, you know, we got our nine million, which was the kind of the the base mark for Doctor Who viewership in those days. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it all kind of went very well. And I think straight from New Earth, you kind of you, their chemistry between Bill's Piper and. DT is kind of evidence straight away. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, the the like the playoff of the each other so nicely. I mean, especially when they're both sort of acting like under the possession yeah. of uh, Lady Cassandra, who returns in this episode. Um. But I mean, the <laughs> it's it's so funny. Like thinking back to like how Billy Piper plays Rose possessed by Cassandra 
and how the male cast play themselves possessed by Lady Cassandra. Because yeah. Billy Piper does it sort of more... I don't want to say sort of like straight as such. Yeah. But when you have... <laughs> David Sanders goes full drag queen. Yes. <laughs> and um, the, um, oh God, the guy who plays um, Chip, mm. when he gets taken over by Cassandra at the end, it's it's so camp. It really is. It's, it's unbelievable. Um, <laughs> but it's kind of one of those things that those moments stand out. Mm-hmm. But um, the story is quite ordinary. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a fair assumption. It, um, you know, the you know the doctor and Rose arrive on New New Earth, and uh, they have to go visit a hospital because they've been summoned by psychic paper. It turns out to be the face of Bo, and um, it's uh, like a plot about these um, cat women who are ner- who are nurses and like, sisters who uh, are trying to like cure all the known diseases of the galaxy and by doing and doing that they create you know artificial people and give them quote every disease in the galaxy unquote which turned out to be like a lot of boils mm. which i don't know i think if you had every disease in the galaxy you might have a bit more well so was, you know budget and uh, time it was broadcast you know you don't want to be too grotesque well, yeah, you mean you, you want to sort of just have one clone for each, I think. Mm-hmm. So, you know, who's going to pull the short straw and be like the syphilis clone? Yeah. It's like, I'll be the athlete's foot clone or something. <laughs> that would be all right. You know, something a bit like low impact, mm-hmm. just mildly irritating. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's kind of a standard kind of doctor and companion turn up to a place. Something's rotten with the place. Mm-hmm. They fix the problem. They book the her end. Off. Yeah. 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 Um, but I mean, it's 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 not bad. It's no, it's fun. It's kind of one of those yeah. things. Of like, like I say, the kind of the new traditions start to come in. Mm-hmm. We'll get the next one next. But yeah. the the fun kind of light, fluffy uh, beginning episode. This the episode one. Mm-hmm. It's kind of from here to series, not series five, really. Yeah, series two, three, and four, especially, mm-hmm. have this kind of pattern. Yeah, Uh, yeah, it's kind of just straight in there. Get you used to the new Doctor, get you used to the new companion and Doctor dynamic. Have a fairly, not a bog standard, but like a just sort of a a fairly basic story. Yeah. But, you know, what again, sort of looking back on it, when you see the final statement by the face of Bo, Mm -hmm. it has Mm -hmm. a lot more impact going forward. But you don't quite realize it at the time you go, no, all right then, carry on. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's you know it's not a not a bad little show. It's uh, it, yeah, it's a, it's like I say, off. it's just it's enjoyable. It's mm-hmm. kind of one of those ones that if it's on, I, I wouldn't necessarily like go. Oh, I really fancy watching New Earth Day. Get the DVD yeah. off the shelf and put it on. But if but it's if, on, if it's on, I'll watch it. Yeah, still very camp though. <laughs> oh yes, it is. Good lord. Uh so shall we move on to Tooth and Claw? Yes, again, it's uh, the establishment of our new normal. It's a historical episode. Hey, The celebrity historical. In this case, we have uh, Queen Vic. Queen Vicky. Mm-hmm. And, um, but... The monks and a werewolf and um, an estate. And oddly, Rose instantly recognising the Cory Nor, which is something that's annoyed me since the minute I saw this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean the the Koinoa itself is actually not that 
that big or even that shape in real no. life. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just the fact that literally she holds it up and she instantly recognises it. Mm. Uh, she's just... like perving at it, you know. It's like, <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, oh yeah, this is, this is uh, it's, it's, it's it's still got a bit of a fun vein to it, but it's a lot darker mm-hmm. than New Earth. Um, it's one of those ones that gets darker the more you watch it. Mm-hmm. Again, knowing what happens to Rose and the Doctor and kind of their eventual fates. Yeah. Sort of this, uh, Victoria talking about their hubris and stuff, you mm-hmm. know, and they go, well, whatever, and then just get back in the TARDIS and leave. The, when you go back, sort of knowing what you know, it's much darker mm-hmm. than you sort of initially gave it credit. Yeah, and it's it's something we we mentioned um, back when we did the controversy show. A lot of people said about mm. the series it was it's smug, yeah, and it's definitely evident here. You know how sort of uh, devil may care the Doctor and Rose are about. You know they've got this huge werewolf. Yeah, you know you got this huge werewolf running around, and people are dying in this show, mm-hmm. and you got bloody Rose saying that bet you a tenner I can get her to say I'm not amused. Mm. You know, they're yeah. taking it all far too lightly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's 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 still a great story. And um, good job by Pauline Collins as, as uh, Queen Victoria. You definitely, like, buy her. You know, especially yeah. when she um, draws the pistol and just offs the, uh, the lead monk. <laughs> yeah, oh, she's a, gr- she's a great... Um, she's a great uh, sort of character actress and the companion <laughs> that never was because she was in... Uh, who back in uh, Patrick Troughton's era, and um, they asked to be a companion, and she said no. Yeah. So, hmm, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's fabulous in this, and I think props go to the werewolf. It looks oh. a little... It doesn't look as good as it did at the time. Mm. I mean, obviously, in 2006, um, it looked way better than the werewolf having Harry, they had in Harry Potter at the time. <laughs> yeah. You know, and remember, they're not doing it on much of a budget compared to, you know, big Hollywood films. And actually kind of stands up with some of the other werewolf effects that i've seen mm-hmm. um in telly there's sort of the one exception being dog soldiers i think it's got a better werewolf but yeah yeah but um i mean when you think about it, this is what 2006 so this is would be nearly eight years old yeah looks good still mm. Shit. Um, <laughs> yeah let that sink in so god yeah, but, but um, it's, you know, it's a it's a great episode, hmm. and it's one that I've kind of, it's it's kind of a, a one that my attitude, apart from sort of, again looking back on it from what we know what happens to Rose and the Doctor, mm-hmm. um, it's it's kind of one I've liked ever since it went out, and I've hmm. continued to like it a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this actually a lot of um, Marie Gold's music in this is really good. You know, the oh, it's really superb. The, the sort of like the very percussion heavy bit. You know, when the monks attack and sort of like break out the crouching tiger, hidden dragon, and just annihilate the um, the guards at uh, Tortured House. Oh yes, I, was, I remember. There's quite a lot of chuntering about that at the yeah. time. That people are a bit like, oh, this is rubbish. You know, it's sort of a stupid effect. But again, I sort of go back to my old argument of, you know, did you see the part where he time travelled here? <laughs> um, get over it, sort of thing. But it, it's um, it it's really a, a good episode, and it's got some really nice bits of kind of the light and dark stuff. Yeah, it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. And this is also where we sort of like get the the main thrust of the theme for this series um the torchwood yes but we yeah. shall we shall come to that before long mm-hmm. so 
Should we move on to school reunion? Yes, God bless the good ship school reunion and all who sail in her. Um, yeah, wow, this episode is something else. Mm-hmm. It's really, really, really good. Mm-hmm. And again, it's one of those ones that it stands up. I must have seen this episode. It's got to be over a dozen times now. I've seen it yeah. kind of in sort of in passing in the intervening few years. And it it's one that still makes a friend of mine cry to this mm-hmm. day. Yeah. Like uh, at the end, he yeah. can't not cry. You know, and it's uh, it, it's just fab from sort of beginning to end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Liz Slayton. Oh, she's magnificent. Just, yeah. You know, the fact that, you know, this kind of got her the job of, you know, the Sarah Jane Adventures spin-off mm-hmm. and, you know, it, you know how, how sceptical she was about doing Who again and coming back and doing this lovely script and it's like she's never been away. Mm-hmm. It was just fantastic. Yeah, it's 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 a great story because it's sort of, you know, it, it sort of touches on the Doctor's past, you know, uh, mostly there have been companions before rose and um the 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 thing for her is you know eventually she'll get replaced not necessarily not you know willingly willingly replaced by the doctor but you know everything has its time as they say and um you know it's uh, it's just it's just a great just a great story i mean also you have um anthony head as the main villain and he he's just a nice he he's a nice little bit of slime, isn't he? He gives good menace. Yeah. Um he really it really is fun. Um mm-hmm. he's he's great to watch. I mean, just that beginning bid where he <laughs> murders that orphan kid right at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. You know, you can't help but giggle, mm-hmm. but he's like he's so bleak. Yeah. Um but again it with um his his kind of dramatic chops is kind of why you employed him. Mm-hmm. And that scene at the swimming pool between him and the doctor is mm. fantastic. And it's one of my favorite scenes mm-hmm. of the return series. It's fab. Yeah. I mean, I, I also love the bit um, where he tempts the doctor with the Skasis paradigm. You know, it is, mm. you know, you know, everybody bowed down before you just know bow down before you, you know, think about it. You could like rewrite the university. You could, uh, restore the time lords you know save everyone and for a, for a little while the doctor does look tempted until uh sarah talks him out of it yeah you can actually sort of see him going mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know it's quite interesting and it's quite it's a sort of um it kind of doesn't what's nice about it is it kind of doesn't speak down to anybody mm-hmm. you know you kind of you get that line that uh, mr finch says that the time lords were peaceful to the point of indolence Mm. And you sort of hope there was some kid going to a book and looking up what indolence means. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's kind of, it's it it's good in that, that it's just telling a great story. Uh, but every it's kind of that whole thing that everyone in the family can follow it and enjoy it. And it was, it, it kind of, it struck the perfect balance between casual and for fans. Mm-hmm. I mean, because fans were delighted with this. Yeah. yeah. And continue to be delighted with this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it could have gone so wrong. Yes, or it could have been so naff or so cheesy, mm-hmm. but it it struck the right balance, and it was kind of it was truly for everybody, mm-hmm. and it it just it triumphed on that alone. It's you know, and it's the fact that it's just such a great story as well. Mm-hmm. It's a really interesting sort of concept. Yeah, um, yeah, it's and I, I, as much as I've criticised Noel Clark's Mickey. Mm-hmm. 
the fact that you know it saves the day by just unplugging the computers <laughs> i love that yeah that's such a, that's a brilliant bit i love that bit because it's it sort of like just looks around and it's like well i don't know maybe i'll just try this and it works <laughs> <laughs> you think it's like it, normally like in a big hollywood blockbuster it would be like ripping the cables out and smashing the computers no just unplugs it <laughs> yeah <laughs> you but, know and k9 as well oh. lovely k9 um again could have been so cheesy mm-hmm. uh, but it really and people really took to him again it was lovely yeah well i think that's sort of the thing they did with this one is like like kind of you know, made it so he was shonky and run down in that because, you Disco. know, yeah, yeah. And how many times did he run out of power and that he gets uh, restarted and things like that. And But, you know, he took one for the team at the end and that that's always just like a nice little bit. You know, he shoots the, the cruelty in all which the, the enemy, the villains of the piece are actually, they're actually allergic to their own material because you know, they've changed their biology so many times. And, um, mm. Yeah, when, I, I, I love that. When Anthony Head says to him, you bad dog, and he goes, affirmative. <laughs> yeah. I mean, one of the, again, it's kind of the quotable things that from the show that um, we use all the time is that we are in a car. <laughs> yeah. You know, if, if if we're, you know, Chuck's going back from work or something, I'm like, where are you? He's like, we are in a car. <laughs> it just, it's, you know, it's one of those lovely little things that kind of gets brought out mm. all the time. Or yeah. referring to someone as the tin dog of your group. That's <laughs> yeah. happened a few times. But it's kind of funny now that you think about it, because uh, you've got Anthony Head in his creepy school with Buffy speak, you know, ignore yeah. the shooty dog thing. Yeah, exactly. It just it works so mm-hmm. well. And my theory about the reference point of New Who being Buffy. Yeah. This on a plate. Oh, yeah. Right to right there. Yeah, there <laughs> you go. I'll just frame it. <laughs> But, um, uh, yeah, shall we go on to Girl in the Fireplace? Oh. Otherwise, we're going to end up talking about this for 10 hours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this, uh, Moffat. Moffat, all Moffat. hail the great Moffat and all his works. Hail. Yeah, I I think this might have been what got him the job. Yeah. Don't you? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's the archetypal Moffat story of... For 98% of you, you haven't got a clue what's going on, but you're enjoying mm-hmm. it. And then you get that final reveal of the SS Baden du Pompadour, and you go, mm-hmm. ah! When it's come up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, uh, there's some gorgeous things in this. I mean, the clock... Oh, and it looks beautiful. Oh, yeah. Sophia Miles looks like a absolute fucking vision in some of those dresses. Oh, like, my... I'm not a girly girl about, like, eh, dresses, but, like, some of the stuff she's in, mm-hmm. holy crap. I do. Tell, I can totally see why David Tennant. Uh... Yeah, how about that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's just they, they. This is like the BBC. It's finest when they do like the period stuff, and they absolutely they they just the whole visuals of you know Versailles and things like that. And you've even got like the clockwork droids, you know, and they're just they're in Look themselves. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, if you've been ever been seen in any of the exhibitions, you've seen these things close up, and they look amazing, even mm. like close up and that. But it's it's sort of like how they work, you know, it kind of the thought that's gone into how they move and how mm. like you know like they sort of um, they transport by touching a button inside their wrist, and they kind of do that weird karate chop move mm. to make themselves go away, you know. And it's it's it, it's just like so well thought out. It you know it just works so brilliantly. Mm. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, because I mean, remember the first time we I watched this, 
I was like, okay, sort of where's this going? And mm -hmm. like, all right, you know, enjoying the story. But that final reveal of the name of the ship mm -hmm. and just kind of the penny just clangs to the floor. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, I understand it. I just, the first thing I want to do is like rewind it. I want to watch it again now. Yeah. I you mean, the, all the bits on the, the SS Madame de Pompadour itself as well is it's really nice because you've got the fact that the, the androids are actually harvesting their own crew, their own <laughs> human crew, just to keep the ship going. So you'd find the, the panel where they find the power source is actually a human heart. And there's like this, there's an eyeballs, a camera lens or something. It's yeah, like, yeah. that's really sort of messed up. So creepy. Mm. But it's just, you know, the whole thing of like, you know, she's not complete. And it's mm. like, why isn't she complete? I don't get it. And the doctor's saying, I don't get it. Why, why, why? Mm. And finally you find out it's because the ship is 37 years old. So they're waiting for her brain to be 37 years, years old. old. So make it go again. Mm. And you're like, oh, it just, it, it slots so beautifully into place. Yeah. Um, but what's also interesting about the story, you know, the story is that the whole, the thing of the doctor's kind of time traveling nature mm -hmm. and that he has to watch again, sort of reflecting on the themes of school reunion and that he has to watch people get old and die where he stays the same, mm -hmm. um, you know, being on the slow path yeah. as they call it in this, um, it's, you know, and that final thing of him reading the letter, uh, oh man. you know it, it just it again it's one of those things that it could be so over the top but it works mm -hmm. i mean even the, even the bit before that where he's talking to the, the king of france and you know they see the carriage leaving and he says there she goes leaving versailles for the last time yep yeah it's oh wow yeah it's kind of that thing of he knows every step of her life mm -hmm. you know whereas she doesn't know it. it it's kind of again it's that kind of proto river song idea that she knows what he doesn't and mm -hmm. she can't say anything and you know it's kind of you can if you sort of look back on it from what we from our perspective here in 2014 mm -hmm. um you can sort of see maybe in Stuart Moffat some of these ideas forming yeah yeah it's it's sort of like a sort of like a prototype yeah yeah um but another bit I, I really kind of like I it's I <laughs> It's such a small thing, but I like it so much when um, Rose and Mickey are wandering around the ship after the Doctor specifically tells them not to. And yes. they've, got, they've got the big honking like, fire extinguishers that look like rifles. And <laughs> they, they, they enter one room and Mickey does like a combat roll for no reason. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's... It, that's the other th good thing about this story is that the funny is actually funny. Mm -hmm. Like... You know, when he comes back drunk and Rose says, oh, look what the cat dragged in, the oncoming storm. storm. <laughs> you know, it's, it's stuff like that. You know, and he's, I've invented the banana daiquiri. Yeah. What, what's a horse doing on a spaceship? Mickey, what's pre-revolutionary yeah. France doing on a spaceship? <laughs> you know, exactly. It's kind of all stuff. It, you know, it's kind of those, It again, it's the quotable things. And, you know, mm -hmm. it just, it all works together so beautifully. Yeah. Just sometimes you get this stuff of like it's it's like it's a good story, but the comedy comedy great, mm -hmm. or you know it's funny, but the story isn't enough. It's just kind of one of those ones that everything kind of comes together. Yeah. And it. really, I mean, at the time when we were watching this, I was like, well, this is just two back to back bangers mm -hmm. in School Reunion and Girl in the Fireplace. Yeah. I mean, after Girl in the Fireplace, I mean, I was like on cloud nine. Mm -hmm. so I was like, this is going too well. Yeah. <laughs> and then. <laughs> Rise of the Cybermen and the Age of Steel. Yeah, these are weird. Hmm. In the um, 
why a parallel universe? I don't know. I don't know whether it's just because... Uh, I don't know whether it's like the whole cyber continuity thing. They didn't want to like get into yeah. it. I, yeah. I, that's, that's the only yeah. thing I can sort of like think of is they didn't really want to like try and be a bit too continuity heavy with... I mean, because remember how they reintroduced the Daleks? Well, yeah. in, in, in series one, it was just one Dalek. <coughs> so it wasn't like, it didn't have like the baggage of all like Davros and you know things like Exelon and Spirido- Spiridon and things like that. So I think this is sort of like, they kind of wanted to do, well, this is kind of like based on the um, Big Finish Audio spare parts, but yeah. they wanted to set it on Earth. Mm. And so, because obviously, you know, Mondas is the twin planet of Earth, so it sort of makes sense to like flip it the opposite way. So it's like kind of like a, a mirror universe sort of thing ish. Yeah, um, you know, I can see why they, you know, and obviously knowing what comes up later in the series, I mean, this was all sort of planting the seeds for that, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, talking about the Cybermen, I really actually like the way that they're designed. Oh, yeah, I, it, I love it. I love it, you know, and it's one of those things of they look great mm-hmm. and their movement is great because mm-hmm. they were all choreographed really well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're all of a similar height. And because I mean, back in the day, you'd have side men, you know, one is like five foot three, one mm-hmm. six foot five. You know, it's <laughs> like, and it, you know, they're blatantly wearing cricket gloves, painted silver, you know, and they just sort of, they went all out with mm-hmm. these designs. But it had enough of the past in it, like the teardrop design mm-hmm. by the eye yeah. and the, the, the handles. Yeah. You know, it's kind of those old things of the past that make people like us happy. Mm-hmm. But for people who've never seen a Cyberman, be- a Cyberman before, it it works really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know that the process of cyber conversion is uh, adequately uh, hideous. Mm-hmm. But I think with this, it's um, it's kind of that old old two parter thing. Of the first part is really interesting and a lot of setup, mm-hmm. but part two kind of doesn't quite pay off as much as you'd like. Mm. Also, I mean, I always have a little bit of a problem with sort of parallel universes in Doctor Who, you know, like eSpace and all those sort of things. Mm. They always seem a little bit, eh, to me. Mm. Um, you know, it's quite nice also, though, that you're getting things like um, Pete's back because it's a, it's yeah. a parallel universe mm-hmm. and you get sort of parallel Jackie. Um, yeah. Yes, I mean, those things are quite interesting and the parallel Mickey Ricky sort of business. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that I think kind of my big quibble with this is roger lloyd pack rest in peace mm. um he's quite miscast in this i think mm. i think it's a bit apparent he's got no idea what's going on <laughs> bless him bless and, his heart I, I, don't um, know, I don't know whether they were trying to like do the sort of like the sideman version of davros mm, it's, yeah it's like i don't know it's yeah i see what you mean he he, he does it doesn't quite fit with the whole. I don't know. I don't know what it. I can't really put my finger on it. I mean, I think I'd just rather that there been like a cyber controller, and we'd never seen the human version, so to speak. Mm. I don't know. I just think, like you say, it's kind of it's a little bit too Davros, and it just doesn't quite come off. I don't know why it is, but yeah, yeah it just it just seemed. Uh, I don't know if it's because triggers playing him as well. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I mean, if the you know, not a not a slight Roger Lloyd Pack. Lloyd Pack, no, absolutely yeah. not. Um, um, but... You know, but I think afterwards I saw on YouTube a thing of the cyber controller calling everyone Dave. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 you know, it, again, it's it's sort of like going to what we have now with uh, Peter Capaldi, the 12th Doctor, everybody's mashing it up with the thick of it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> so I think that's just going to be one of those things that's, you know. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, it's one of those things of, I must say that if any, for anyone who's interested, go and listen to Spare Parts because it's brilliant. Mm. Right, spare parts is fantastic, um, and I don't know if it's because sort of the kind of the comparison to this is not being as good as spare parts. It's like one of these things. If it's an enjoyable two-parter, mm-hmm. but as with a lot of two-parters, you know, part one is a lot of setup, and part two is doesn't quite pay it off as nicely as I would like. It's just it's not quite there, mm. and it's not because of anyone's performances, or it's not because the side men look crap because they don't. I really like them now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just one of those things. Yeah. Just it, it's, it, you know, ironically from a, a story based on spare parts, it's not quite the sum of its parts. <laughs> yeah. I, it's, it's, I would say it's not bad, but I think it's of the th- three two-parters, this is definitely the weakest of the series. Yeah. Also, I don't know if it's because it's just such a tremendous come down after going to the fight. Yeah. I, yeah. I think it sort of suffers for that as well, unfortunately. Um, but you know, it's it's uh, in a, in and of itself, it's it's not bad. No, it's not bad. But it's... you know, and I think that this is sort of forms part of the evidence why the the two parters got reduced and ultimately cut. Because mm-hmm. again, um, sort of our new normal of series two to four, um, these two parters often represent the lowest point of viewership. Mm-hmm. They're the bottom of the bell curve. Yeah. And it always seems to be either like episode six, episode eight, you know, the second part of a two part. It never, they never, for some reason, attract as many as the first. Mm-hmm. Um, so they decided that they weren't being going to be made anymore. And on this evidence, you can sort of see why. Yeah. Um, but, you know. So, uh, The Idiot's Lantern. Yeah. Um, an interesting idea. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's a bit like the previous two in that it doesn't quite work for me. Mm-hmm. I I think you've got a, like a nice. It's like, well, do you know what? I'm going to say this. The wire always says she's hungry. Yes. Yet Maureen Lipman chews the scenery so friggin' much in this. <laughs> How I'm the hungry. fuck? <laughs> How the fuck can she be hungry? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's one of these things of like, I really like the idea of it. Mm-hmm. And there's kind of this whole idea that television was the new brand new thing running mm-hmm. up to the coronation. And um, yeah, it's it's interesting. And this whole thing of um, kind of this hopeless patsy human who's kind of been taken in by an alien entity mm-hmm. and sort of doing its dirty work again is sort of Doctor Who 101. So I don't know if that's why it's a little bit, if it was a little bit pat. Mm. But I mean, the old faceless granny up in the bedroom—that's quite creepy. Yeah, the, the, the faceless Rose is also quite creepy. Yeah, it's... it is actually. You know, you know, you're not wrong there. Yeah. Um, I again, it's sort of the criticism for being smug. Yeah. Ever so much in this episode. Yep. Ever so much. Mm. But um, for all the smugness, there is one great bit I love from this episode, and it's, it's something I've always. I always wish I could try in real life without getting punched in the face. But it's when the doctor shouts down Mr. Connolly. 
Yeah. You know, Mr. Conley's gone on a rant and the doctor starts interrupting him and uh, he goes, I am talking. And the doctor just goes, and I'm not listening. That's, yeah. I just love that bit when he just blasts, like shouts him down. Blasts him, yeah. And, yeah. you know, the whole thing of when they, they roll up to the house and Rose kind of picks him up on calling it the Union Jack, not the mm-hmm. Union flag, because you only call it the Union Jack at sea. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and doctors like, how do you know that mum dated a sailor? You know, it's <laughs> it's sort of that's that's fun, and I do like their kind of their double act in this mm-hmm. is is fun to watch. But um, you know, the whole stuff of them rolling up to the TARDIS and rolling out the TARDIS on that little moped thing and using all their fifties lingo. I mean, <laughs> I think there was some of my fellow fans who were sticking their heads in the oven at that point. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's again, it's not. I don't think it's like a bad episode i think it's like a, a good idea certainly. oh yeah it's a good idea it's a really creepy idea mm-hmm. and i like the period set in and it's an interesting look at you know the times and mm-hmm. that sort of thing but it it just doesn't quite gel i don't know yeah it's um but it's it's yeah i think um I don't know whether this is sort of like throwback to like you know, when in, obviously the early days of television rolled out. I think a lot of people were like sort of, I wouldn't say necessarily afraid of the technology, but you know what I mean? It's like something completely new and different. Yeah. So like there's like, I can see like where like, the germ of the idea from like television stealing people's faces. I don't quite know why exactly but um, yeah it's just well you know maybe if you made it like because obviously you want something visual so that's why you hmm. make it the faces maybe it was something like their minds because obviously yeah. that was the concern yeah um the whole idea of it being the idiot's lantern you know this kind of thing that you sit in front of going you know without yeah. making it having any intellectual look at it you know hmm. i just think that that was that was the thing and um you know, I sort of I, I like um, sort of obviously sort of a, a few years set after Aliens of London World War Three. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I they got a little bit of the social commentary in there, but I sort of would like to like a little bit more of it, maybe sort of like underneath mm-hmm. kind of how they subtly addressed it in those. You, maybe you want that in there as well. Mm-hmm. I do like the Betamax joke though. <laughs> oh yeah, I like, yeah, that was a good joke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, moving on to probably... I think this is probably my favourite two-parter of the series. Uh, cosine. Yeah, the impossible planet and the Satan pit. Toby. Toby. Ah, Gabriel Wolfe. I can't Wolf. do Gabriel Wolfe any, any justice with that. No. Um, I love this. I love this two-parter. Mm. Um, it's fab. Um, yeah. Again, you know, talking about kind of smugness, there's this whole bit and, you know... Something that people hate as well, the romance angle. It's just a bit, you know, in the same, in the same pit, yeah, it's the same pit where Rose is all like, oh, we have to get a house and all this sort of thing. And the doctor's like, nah, and she looks crushed. <laughs> yeah. You know, you just, oh, come on. Just leave it alone, woman. Seriously. Yeah. Um, but it's one of those things of, it. it's a really fun, creepy two parter. Mm. I love the ood. They're so weird. Yeah. Um, I, I like how sort of um, this is like really dark two-parter, you know, and you've got, you know, obviously, you know, your main protagonist is ostensibly Satan. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got, you know, such like weird sort of almost sort of like Lovecraftian concepts. Like you've got this planet like stuck in this, this orbit of a black hole, which should not, which is, you know, impossible, hence the title. Yeah. 
and you know the the base is dark and dingy and you know there's this handful of people and then you get like the visuals you get like the bit where toby possessed by the beast is standing outside you know just exposed yeah. to the well elements. oh that bit's creepy and you oh. see poor old uh, scooty poor old scooty go floating by towards the bloody black hole i mean yeah. um yeah, I mean, at the time I was like, "Whoa!" Yeah, why me? <laughs> yeah, that's strong. I mean, it's you know, it's it's as close to Event Horizon as they dare go, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah. Um, I mean, like you say, you're dead right in saying it's sort of Lovecraftian almost. You know, mm-hmm. it's quite like the mi- mountains of madness. You know, they go down into that hole and there's the language they can't decipher. Mm-hmm. You know, and all these weird monuments everywhere, and they're walking, and it's getting weirder and weirder. Um, the thing of like possession mm-hmm. and you know the like I said the Uda so sort of odd looking they're ne- yeah. not like any sort of thing that we've seen before on the show no no um so you get the whole thing of like you know everyone Rose being uncomfortable with their in their service kind of mm-hmm. role um things like the the, the bolero playing <laughs> yes. you know it's kind of all the, this weird sort of really weird creepy atmosphere with it and it just works so well mm-hmm yeah, it's man, and of course we've got to come back to Gabriel Wolf. I mean, I just absolutely love that man. His voice is amazing. You oh, know, it's incredible. The the bit where in the Satan Pit he taunts, you know, the the the, the people on on the uh, the station, you know, and it's like you know the virgin, the the woman who ran away from daddy, you know. You know, did did your wife ever forgive you? Let me learn, let you learn a little secret she never did. It's oh wow, it's just it's so great. And it was mm. uh, Sean Parks who I was thinking of was also in Casanova. Ah, right, yeah, yeah Zachary Crossflane in it, mm-hmm. the uh, captain of the uh, the reluctant captain of mm-hmm. the uh, of the base. Um, but yeah, it's just it's it's such a really part, and for once the second half stacks up to mm. the the first bit yeah yeah oh absolutely that's this is probably why this is like i say this is definitely my favorite of the two parts i mean army of ghosts and doomsday comes really comes quite close but for me this is this is like this is top notch yeah i mean and it's interesting that the doctor encounters something that he can't sort of not not reason with but he mm-hmm. can't fathom mm-hmm. that the beast is so old and so kind of beyond him yeah and he can't he can't like, no, sort of like can't do anything about it he's just gotta yeah he can't argue against it as well yeah, you know he he's says gotta, you know and he says you know which which version of the devil are you and he says all of them and so the doctor's like what <laughs> yeah i mean because the, the doctor's met a couple of people claiming to be the devil mm-hmm. um and they haven't impressed him much, but no. you get down to the physical form of the beast, and you think, "Hello." Okay. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. And uh, again, I mean, I don't know if the CG for the beast is as good as the werewolf, but pretty. It's good enough. I yeah, like it. Pretty freaking creepy. But mind you, it always the question, like you know, when I played God of War and things like that. Is like, <laughs> who made all these chains? Hmm. <laughs> Any. <laughs> It's all about God of War, you know, you play that, everyone knows yeah. Kratos. You're like, is there a newsletter that I'm not getting? <laughs> everyone knows that, you know, well, anyway, you know, you do wonder if there's, a, you know, some the evil people are subscribing to the Where Is The Doctor Now newsletter. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it's just fab. And I really like the fact that the Doctor, rather than taking the easy way out, puts faith in Rose. Mm-hmm. 
and that's really good yeah the other bit i really like at the end is you know when the doctor says do you know what i, I don't really know what just happened but that's all right yeah he's okay with just like let it go this is you yeah know. it's all right yeah don't worry about it <laughs> <laughs> uh you know but um i do i mean I, as cheesy as it might be i do quite like rose going full full ellen ripley and she's like, go back to hell yeah <laughs> throw, throw out the window yeah mm, that's good i yeah, like that stuff speaking of where is the doctor mm. love and monsters Behold ye and cry and tremble at the first Doctor Light episode. Yeah, this was a sort of a this was a bit of a weird thing when you. This uh, was a swerve at the yeah. time. Yeah, because um, obviously I think they were really busy filming um, Impossible Planet Satan Pit at the same time as this. Yes, which I want to say yes. caused the uh, necessity of creating Love and Monsters, in which the Doctor and Rose aren't in it for maybe it's about what five minutes total. If that, if that, if that, if that, so you've got it's it's quite an interesting one how like this pretty much ordinary bloke, you know, um, just sort of like tells this tale of how he just chanced upon the Doctor and Rose and sort of and how this this these strange sort of events unfolded and how he formed this little group called the London Investigation and Detective Agency or Linda. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> and how um, they Yeah, sorry, carry on. Yeah, that's like how they sort of um they fought this they come together in in like connection with the connected to the doctor, but in a way they start to like become more of like a social group and sort of like help you know, it's like just like they just like they start mucking around. Yeah. And then this weird bloke comes in who sort of sort of changes the game and sort of like tries to revert them back to how they first started off, but even like harder. Mm. And it turns out there's a reason for that. Yeah. Um, this episode, I've, I've, I would say, out of the whole run from 2005 to, the, to today, mm-hmm. this might be the most controversial episode that has ever gone out. Hmm. I could see that. Uh, in terms of fan reaction, I mean, like I say, it was a complete swerve when it went out and people hated this because mm. they didn't know how to respond to it. I think that in in recent years, it's got sort of quite a lot of, of revisionist-like. Uh, a lot mm. of people really like it. And I think what it really boils down to is this is a love letter to fans. Mm-hmm. This Linda is a reflection of Doctor Who fandom in this country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you know other fans, yeah, absolutely. You know that you get together and you, your love is Doctor Who, but you sort of realise that you really like getting drunk and complaining about music and sport and everything, you know. And it's sing it's, a bit of ELO. <laughs> yeah, you still like, sing a bit of ELO, and you know, it's it, it. That's that's really. I think that people didn't understand about this episode is mm. that it was meant Meta. to be an affectionate. Yeah, it's metatextual. Yeah, it's metatextual and it's it's meant to be an affectionate look at fan at what they used to be called local groups. Mm-hmm. You know, like-minded people coming together through yeah. a love of Doctor Who and, and finding that they really like other things. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and the other thing I like about this is that that something that they've really emphasised in post O five is the the Doctor's impact. Mm-hmm. You know, we've seen it in the companions' lives and the ripples that are caused by the companions going. Mm-hmm. But these random people that the Doctor meets on his travels, mm-hmm. the level of impact that he has on, yeah. on people, 
um, you know, that again, this is what this story is really about. Mm -hmm. But of course, we have to mention um, Peter Garlic Bread Cake. <laughs> Cheesecake? Cheesecake. <laughs> As... <laughs> Um, yeah, um, thanks, Blue Peter, for the absorber love. <laughs> mm. uh, we should, for non-English people, we've been bastards in this episode because we've been making some cultural references that are far beyond your ken. But um, mm. okay. the children's magazine show Blue Peter offered a create a design a monster competition mm -hmm. with the idea that the monster design would be used in a future episode of Doctor Who. Yeah, and we all went, yeah, right, whatever. It will be in the background or something. Mm -hmm. No. Nope, it was the main character. They stuck to their guns, and the one that was chosen was the Absorbaloff. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, <laughs> memorably, on Doctor Who Confidential, they had the kid who who designed it behind the scenes, and he was like, "I meant it to be the size of a bus." <laughs> yeah, bless. Yeah, that that's definitely what happened. Um, the, that was how the absorber was supposed to be, but unfortunately, the um, little lad who created him didn't like really specify anything. But the thing of it is, the rules stated that it had to. I think it had to be done practically. You couldn't. It couldn't be a CG creation because yeah. obviously you've had you know the werewolf and the beast before it. I was so run out of money. Yeah, <laughs> and obviously, given the nature of this episode, it's yeah you know you're not going to have the doctor uh, facing off again it's too much. So. Um, how did you feel about the casting of Peter Kay? I say I'm all right because I know that Peter Kay can act. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm I'm fine with it because it's not ostensibly comedic. No, you know, you sort of think sort of at the bad spectrum of that. You're sort of thinking of like sort of the Alexi Sale kind of casting. Yeah, um, you know, it's going to be too OTT comedic. But mm -hmm. I mean, it's quite. It although it is funny-ish, it's not written for the fact that he's a comedian it's mm -hmm. kind of like it's nice like when lee evans was in yeah oh it's fine they're using his acting skills yeah the, the way i sort of like look at peter k as the absorber of his is he's it's more sort of like i would kind of it's gonna sound weird but i would like him to dr evil he's a threat <laughs> but he's not you know it's not like sort of proper bond level villain it's just no. sort of like an inconvenience. Yeah, he's he's definitely evil, but he's only quasi evil. No, yeah. he's um you know, the diet coke of evil. Yeah, <laughs> just one calorie, not evil enough. Um, but it's it's sort of like you know it's 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 never going to be sort of like you know a level Doctor Who villain like the Daleks or the Cybermen. No. I would say, uh, you know, the best thing about that Blue Peter competition is. <laughs> <laughs> some kid I remember this so well some kid put one in called Sad Tony <laughs> and there was a big online campaign I think SFX the magazine in this country got involved with We Want Sad Tony We Want Sad Tony what, what, so what uh, do you tell I've never heard of this what, what yeah, was yeah it was I can't remember I can't exactly remember what it looked like but yeah it sort of goes because it is so hilarious <laughs> People got behind the thing of like everyone wanted Sad Tony to win, and like, like I say, SFX the magazine got behind this campaign mm. of Sad Tony for Doctor Who villain, yeah, and it didn't pan out, and we got the Absorber laugh, but um, yes, yeah. yeah, but it's 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 sort of interesting when the Absorber laugh is in his Victor Kennedy persona. Mm. He's it's a lot of people have sort of like read him as sort of how Linda sort of like more like the the regular fans. The Victor Kennedy character is sort of like the the more sort of like quote unquote poisonous 
Doctor Who fandom, you know? Yeah. So I think there's a really interesting... I think, you know, there's an essay in it. It's a really interesting reading of it along those lines. Mm -hmm. And how far you want to take it is entirely up to the viewer. Mm -hmm. So I think if you're not familiar with, especially in this country, the way fandom, old school fandom worked, Mm -hmm. I think that would entirely pass you by. Yeah. 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 It's definitely sort of like another sort of like tip towards us um but this there's another thing that i've always like read about and a lot of people sort of had a problem with its implications um how uh, <laughs> elton and ursula at the end <laughs> yeah have, have a bit of a love life now yeah and bit of a spoiler in the end the absorber gets torn apart by the people it's absorbed and um just sort of melt into the pavement the doctor manages to yeah uh <laughs> reconstitute ursula who's one of the linda members and started her former budding romance with elton and um <laughs> she's effectively a face <laughs> in a paving slab <laughs> yeah yeah uh, i remember at the time watching this mm-hmm. and i believe i turned to chuck and said yo did they just make a blowjob joke <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, people were pissed off about this. Mm-hmm. But I was like, oh come on. Yeah. But there's another there was another thing I read which I thought was quite interesting. A lot of the when Elton's talking to like us the viewer, he's doing it through the camera. The only time that breaks is when he's talking to Ursula. And it's yeah. it's like sort of like over his shoulder and he's talking to her as the paving slab. So there's a few people who've read into it that that didn't actually happen. That's just him fantasizing because of what he's lost which i think okay which which i think if that was sort of had more like more meat to it i think that would be sort of like quite intriguing like to show you know how even just like chance encounters with the doctor can potentially be be so devastating i mean you 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 find someone that you really kind of like and then through like just sheer happenstance just gets taken away from you. I mean, that would kind of like, that would kind of break you a bit, wouldn't it? Oh gosh, you know, I do feel, I feel like maybe if that had happened, that might have felt a touch too far. Mm. You know, some poor lonely nutcase dancing around to ELO with a paving slab, mm-hmm. you know, call social services for God's sake. Um, yeah. You know, I, I do wonder if that would have been a touch too much. I mean, that's an interesting reading of it, mm-hmm. you know, and that's intriguing and, obviously with what's coming up in doomsday mm-hmm. um and what happens to the doctor later on this whole idea that like you say chan- chance encount- encounters with uh, the doctor mm-hmm. have devastating effects on people mm. so you know i think if maybe this story had been sort of much later i think they might have gone that dark mm. yeah um but yeah that's a really intriguing reading of it yeah but something you can't really get that from <laughs> fear her Oh, God. I mean, we <laughs> literally just cut and paste what we've moaned about Fear Her for, um, you know, numerous episodes before this. Mm-hmm. It ain't good. No. Let's be honest. It ain't good. Good idea. But... Again, yeah, it just... But where, you know, with the other stories that we've had that have been maybe a little bit under Meh. par, mm-hmm. um, this one really just kind of dives headfirst down the toilet. It really... There's, it's got a lot of problems. It was written in a hurry and it shows, um, you know, I like the Rose and the Doctor stuff. You know, I like mm-hmm. the Scribble Monster and the cat and all that business. But other than that, it's a bit... Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Anyway, um, Army of Ghosts and Doomsday. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's get on to those. Um, yeah, yeah um, really fun. Mm. I love these episodes. They're really interesting, and um, yeah, the the ends are punching the mouth, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> just a bit. You know, again, you... personal tale. I watched um, the end of Doomsday. Mm-hmm. Um, with a couple of male friends of mine. Mm-hmm. And by the end, both of them were holding my hands and one yeah. of them was crying. Mm. These are grown men. Yeah, I I didn't get that. Honestly, I, I don't get me wrong. I like Billy Piper as Rose. And yes, that was a good punch. Mm. But I don't know. I think it was just... Well, I think because I think you 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 could see it coming. I think mm. as soon as it's like, this is the story of how I died. Well, that you know, and... it's like, well, obviously she's in the parallel universe, isn't she? Mm-hmm. Well, that and um, what they said at the end of Fear, actually, which we we should maybe should have touched on, was yeah, you know, how she says, you know, they keep trying to break us up, but they'll never succeed. And the doctor says, never say never ever. Mm. You know, and and <laughs> lo and behold, <laughs> yeah, how about that? Yeah. Um, yeah, Torchwood, finally we get the payoff for all the Torchwood um, whispers we've had throughout the series. Mm-hmm. Um, Tracy Ann Oberman is fab in this. I love mm-hmm. her. And it's it's also it's a representation of something that secretly Doctor Who fans have always wanted, Cybermen versus Daleks. Yeah. <laughs> the bitch fight between them two. <laughs> yeah, that's probably the big fab. selling point. That's the biggest selling point of this one, I think. Yeah, it's just, it really is. Just the verbal smackdown between the two of them. It's so great. Oh, I mean, I remember when we were watching this, just people were just like, oh my God, and just rolling up through it. It was so fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I kind of like Jackie inadvertently mixed up with it as well because she ends up on the TARDIS <laughs> by mistake. Kind of what Mickey's been up to since, um, mm-hmm. since uh, you know, he's been gone in the parallel universe, reuniting with Pete. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that you know this is the story about which a million fanfics were written. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the end. yeah. I mean, again, I think the people who, who previously had their heads in the oven um, from uh, Idiot's Lantern mm-hmm. are now hanging from the nearest yard arm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it's. Um... Yeah, I mean, I don't get me wrong. It's, it's emotionally a charge and all that, but oh yeah, it is. The, the, I mean, I must admit, I was having feels about it at the mm. time. But when you go back and watch it, you're just like, ugh, yeah, ugh, too much. You know, it's chocolate sauce in top of chocolate ice cream on top of a chocolate cookie. It's just yes. a bit more, a bit over the top. Yeah, and um, I mean, Billy Piper does do sort of like do the ugly cry quite well. <laughs> It's all the teeth, isn't it? Bless her heart. Well, it's, uh, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I thought I saw a bit of snot coming out there. <laughs> uh. <laughs> but, I mean, obviously, I can understand it. She, yeah, for a girl who's had such humdrum life up till now, and then suddenly there's this bloke drops in out of the blue and shows her so much stuff, and then to be you know ripped away from him. I mean, I can understand that. But... I don't know. It, uh, the the story you told about the your two mates having a have a cry that I no I wasn't getting. It. I mean it was it was a bummer. It was certainly a bummer like how they ended it because and 
you know, to uh, <laughs> channel the spirit of uh, our good friend Captain Morgan there um, when we did uh, Series 7 on the Starbase. Yeah. I kind of liked that. <laughs> I, yeah. ki- I kind of liked how sort of kind of, I don't want to say unfair, but how much of sort of like a, like a downer it was. Yeah, I, it was one of those things. It was like a nice downer ending. Mm-hmm. It was, it was good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was kind of, you know, if you if you've been attentive to the series, mm-hmm. you kind of knew this was coming. Yeah, yeah. I mean, th- this is like like we said. This is like the sort of the recurring theme of the series. They've been it's been setting them up for a fall. Yeah. And boy, how did the fall? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, and to a point, they kind of deserve it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's probably why you didn't feel as bad as maybe Russell T thought you should feel. Mm. You know, because at the end, you know, it's satisfying in the, you know, all the warnings that they ignored have been mm-hmm. paid off. Yeah. And it's it's right in a way, you know. It's, yes. Um, it works. Mm-hmm. You know, as much as, you know, people may not enjoy it because, you know, Rose and Dr. OTP, whatever, you know, it's sort of <laughs> like... Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's satisfactory for, you know, it's nice that you get the beginning of New Earth, you get all this set up, and then it pays off in Doomsday. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that it works really well. Yeah. The only thing that sort of. The only thing I don't like about Army of Ghosts is when you have. Like, the, the ghost thing is like a good, like, creepy setup. But then when they sort of like transpose it into like the real. I can understand like things like, like the Ghost Watch program. Yeah. And things like that. But it's like when you get like Trisha in EastEnders, it's kind of like the same thing we had like in um, um, the, the previous series when you have like things like Big Brother and, you yeah. know, and what not, what, what not to wear and like the weakest link and stuff. It's, I don't know. It's like, obviously, you know, EastEnders is still going. To EastEnders will go on forever. But I mean, yeah. Trisha hasn't been on the telly since I think 2006 odd. Well, she's in America now, I think. Yeah, exactly. You know, so um, it's that I... whole that whole kind of apart from the the Jeremy Kyle, you know, parasite that won't dislodge from under our skin. <laughs> that whole kind of trash kind of TV. That whole mm. sort of you know Jerry Jerry kind mm. of um, kind of programming of like you know lie detector you're my baby daddy kind of program Mm -hmm. um has kind of died a death so again it's kind of an artifact of the time which makes it feel a bit dated yeah i think i just i don't i don't i don't want to sound like a like a whiny fan but (laughs) when you when you have sort of like things like that i don't mind when it's done it's like a sort of clever way i'm just trying to like think of it like a an example where i thought it worked but when you have like things like that transposing to like the Doctor Who universe, it's sort of I don't know, it doesn't It just it, feels like it sticks out. It's just a bit yeah. of a sore thumb, isn't it? Yeah, it's just sort of like it's just slapped in there because I don't know, maybe it's like they feel like they should. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's like what's popular now, mm-hmm. you know? Well it's like but when we get to like do series three and you have like McFly, you know, bigging up uh, Harold Saxon. Mm. You know, it's it's I don't know, some it just doesn't it doesn't sit kind of right with me. I don't know. Yeah, you just you feel, you feel like Doctor Who shouldn't exist in any time, so to speak. Well, so this kind of nails it on to a to a specific <clears throat> bit of the zeitgeist, which you know isn't going to be the same in a few years. Uh, I don't know if it's such that. I just find it a bit annoying. Oh yeah, right. Then that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah. So 
on the whole, how would you sum up Series 2? I actually really like Series 2. I think mm. it's one of my favourite series since it came back, actually. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, I I must say, I'm a, as much as I sort of go, yeah, well, suck it at the end of Doomsday, mm-hmm. I actually do like quite a lot of the Rose and Doctor banter in it. Yeah. I, I do, I, you know, I enjoy that, and it's, it's fun, and you can't... You know, there's a few episodes in there we said, yeah, maybe C minus could do better. Mm-hmm. You can't argue with the really good episodes oh, in this. Yeah, the, the, it just elevates the material so well. Mm-hmm, the positive, and even you know, apart from Fear Her, even the ones that are a bit under par, mm-hmm. there's stuff in there you can enjoy. Yeah, the, the positives far outstrip the negatives on this one. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and this obviously um, started off the trend of the sequel hook for the Christmas special when you have mm-hmm. uh, a strange bride materialising in the TARDIS. A lot of this. What? <laughs> yeah. What? 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 <laughs> what? Yeah, that that also becomes a callback thing. That happens a bunch. Mm-hmm. So, but, you know, that's, that's something for another time. So, folks, we'd like to hear what you thought about Series 2. Did you enjoy it? Did you find it a bit meh? And if you found it a bit meh, I'd love to know particularly why. Um, you can email us at greatestshow at simplysyndicated.com. Uh, you can also tweet us at uh, greatestshowpod. Uh, Emma, you run the Facebook page. I do. Head on over to facebook.com and head on to the search bar and type The Greatest Show in the Galaxy podcast and we shall appear. Yes. So thank you very much, Emma. Thank you, Mike. Don't turn round. Hey, I'm not a virgin. <laughs> Bye.